Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Hey everyone, just a few quick notes before we get into this week's episode. Tree Talking Time is now on Patreon. In the near future, I will start dropping bonus episodes over there, probably around once a month. In time, I'd like to grow that account and do more as well over there. The link will be in the show notes. If you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcast app, please give the podcast a rating and a review. It really does help me, and I really appreciate the feedback. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm here today with Alex, and I'll let Alex say his last name. We just had a little talk about how to say it properly. <laughs> yeah, as I, as I was just saying, it's, I'm starting to actually forget how to pronounce my name you know, the right way. Uh, <laughs> as when I was born, it was pronounced uh, something like Kurashov, which uh, around here, no one really can pronounce it, and uh, most people just say something like Kurashev, uh, or just Alex. Mm-hmm. Which is the easiest way to go, I'd say. So I'd just say, I'll go by Alex. So where are you from? Russia. From Russia. Yep, yep. And we're here to talk about a breed of dog that you hunt that are Russian. Yep, Russian bear dog. Well, it's, a, it's more than just a bear dog, but it's mm-hmm. Russian. What breed is that? So the one I have, uh, well, I have two dogs. They're West Siberian Laika. West Siberian Laika. They're also different other different Lycus, East mm-hmm. Siberian, and there's a whole bunch. Some of them are more popular. Others mm-hmm. are uh, not as uh, known, but there yeah. are multiple different Lycus out there. Yeah, I was just telling you outside when we were looking at your dogs, I had a neighbor growing up, had a Karelian bear dog, which is mm-hmm. another Lycus like breed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ones. There's some of them are larger, some of them are smaller. Mine, as you saw, they're, kind of, they're smaller than the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some, some of those dogs were used originally for both hunting and pulling sleds yeah. uh, in some parts of Siberia. These dogs are, for the most part, like 100% hunt, hunting dogs. Okay. Um, so they, they were never, and that's why they're smaller. Mm-hmm. Like East Siberian-like, for example, would be a little larger. I mean, they'd be like, kind of like German, German Shepherd, probably yeah. size. And they need to be larger because they have to pull a sled through snow and all that stuff. Yeah. How much do you say your dogs weigh? Oh, man. I don't know. It's been a while like, since I took them to a vet. They've been 40 uh, I think if I remember, yeah, somewhere up forty some. That's what I was. I yeah, would but guess. definitely not. Yeah, like 40, 45, So yeah, um, small hound, big cur dog size. Probably yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I kind of like like a black lab. I would say that's what I can because I'm um mm-hmm. I have a lab, and I'm she's nine, yeah, almost nine years old, and um been hunting her on all kinds of game mm-hmm. um small game obviously but she had some encounters with bears too uh, okay yeah that's a long story <laughs> i mean um well what made you want to get like us so um i moved here to the united states about 15 years ago now maybe 16 years ago it took me a little while to get to uh you know to get everything situated and in mm-hmm. i don't know maybe eight nine years ago I became a citizen and at that point, I was like, well, now I can go out and buy a gun. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I did. And then now I can go out and hunt. I didn't know about bow hunting back then. I didn't. Because there's no, there, up until a couple of years ago, bow hunting in Russia was illegal. Okay. 
Um, so I was not even, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about bow hunting. So as soon as I could legally own a gun, I went out and bought, I think it was 12 gauge side by side, same gun that my dad hunted his entire life. So mm-hmm. I got similar type gun and I went, so I started hunting, got my first deer, but I always wanted to hunt with dogs. Um, I was growing up in Russia and, and my dad used to hunt, my grandfather used to hunt and, but we it was. My parents and my brother, four of us in a small, tiny apartment. Okay. And there was no way we could get and afford itself. You know, my, my mother wouldn't let my dad bring a dog <laughs> home. There's just no, there's no room for it. But he always wanted a dog. And of course, I always wanted a dog too. Yeah, so. definitely. Now, here in, in the United States, living by myself, my own place, I can, I can finally, I could finally afford you know, to get a dog. And I, at that time, I actually moved to Delaware for a couple of years and I lived in Delaware. Okay. And as you know, it's like a Atlantic flyway. Yeah. Just uh, curious, whereabouts in Delaware? Uh, Millsboro. Okay. South, lower, slower. Yep. Delaware. I, mean, I love it. Um, but um, a couple got, hours from me. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, so yeah, I got the lab. Uh, wanted to start duck hunting and all that. But make it long story short, I was in a relationship back then. We bought a house, moved to Delaware and all that. I got the dog. Then the relationship didn't quite work out. She kept the house, I kept the dog, and I moved back here to Virginia, <laughs> to the mountains. And um, we started hunting squirrel and, and uh, pheasant and whatever else we could find. And, of course, some Canada geese around here on the Shenandoah River. And at the same time, I was hunting deer and turkey. And as you know, in Virginia, we have three uh, big game species. Mm-hmm. Turkey, deer, and bear. I'm seeing turkey, I'm seeing deer, I'm, I'm getting them every season. Um, I never see a bear. I'm like, well, what's going on here? I mean, I live, I go out and hunt, and I hunt a lot. I've never, ever, ever seen any bear. So I started doing some research, and again, which is like eight years ago. And the more I find out about bears, the more fascinated I've become about them. Mm-hmm. It's gotten to a point where I pretty much got, I don't know, obsessed with bears. <laughs> no, seriously, I... Yeah. Um, I remember going out uh, to National Forest, not knowing where I'm going. I, I had no clue. I would just camp there for several days. I would just go out and scout and try to find bear. I had no, no one to teach me, no one to tell me you know, mm-hmm. what to do. And I was just, I was just trying to figure it out on, on my own. Did see some bear, female with a cub, for the first time in my life. I was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. She didn't see me. I was 40 yards away from me. And that was it. That took my obsession to the next level. It's Got just, you hooked for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, I keep reading this stuff about how bear fat is delicious and how bear meat is great and, and all that stuff. And just, so yeah, yeah, I, I got pretty obsessed. Because well, you just told me while we were outside that you don't buy any meat. You no, don't. yeah, it's been a long time since I went to a grocery store. I mean, we'd go out every now and again, but I always get chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> One of the few things you can't provide in the woods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess a really good ribeye, uh, medium rare. I might go for it, but man, trust me, bear steak is just as good if you ask me. <laughs> I love bear meat. But anyway, so yeah, I was uh, really trying to get, to get a bear, and I just couldn't. I tried and tried and tried. I started seeing him occasionally. I just still couldn't do it. I went to Alaska several times. Those are the pictures you yeah. saw, all the trout and fishing I did there. Do-it-yourself type thing. Still couldn't see. I mean, I went to Alaska, like, I don't know, seven times or so. Never saw a single bear. Wow. It was to the point where 
I was kind of starting to think it's all, you know, conspiracy theory just to lure in the tourists because they're yeah. like, oh, it's all about bears. And I go there and I live 10 days in the tent in the middle of nowhere, don't see any bear. Finally, I was like, okay, well, what do I, what else can I do? Because we cannot bait here mm-hmm. in the state of Virginia. Yep. So I tried to hunt, uh, uh, you know, food sources, no luck. So like, well, there's only one option left that I haven't explored yet to get a dog. Yep. And that's when I started looking into hounds. Um, I was really, really, when, when I was deciding amongst different hounds, I was kind of leaning towards plots. Yeah. Um, just from, you know, theory, like theoretical research and mm-hmm. no actual experience hunting with them at that point. But for whatever reason, I just, I kind of tend to lean t- towards that. And then one of my friends from back home, uh, back from Russia, he's like, why are you looking at those hounds when you have lycus? You know, and lycus are, are used on brown bear. Yeah, grizzlies over there. I'm like, you know what? Maybe there's something to it. And then, uh, then I went back there and I picked up two pups and then brought them over. It's about two, two and a half years ago. Funniest part about that was, and mind you, that up until that point, I still haven't gotten my bear. Mm-hmm. I've it's been six, seven years trying. Nothing worked. I go to Russia, I get those bear dogs. They're f- four months pups sitting in my backyard. I go out hunting two years ago, three years, two, three, two, two years ago. I would go out. During November, I got deer hunting. A bear walks out, walks by my tree stand, <laughs> and I shoot it with my bow. And I'm like, really? You I went through all that. You finally go get puppies, and yeah. you went through the whole process of bringing them here from Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you shoot them. And then the bear walks by. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, but I mean, I'm still, I was, I was thrilled. So what I do, and the pups at that point are like four months old, maybe five. It wasn't a big bear, but like 110 pounds. Brought them home, whole thing. Put them in the wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. wheel him over to the dog pen yeah and kind of you know move the one yep. of the paws in front of the dog's noses and they just exploded four Good. months old or something five months old and man it's just you, you should have seen them it's it was just something i know I like, exactly what you mean yesterday a guy I was hunting with had a 17 month old puppy and it was the first uh-huh. bear she ever saw yeah, yeah, yeah and getting her fired up over it, you know yeah, yeah. obviously a little different younger pups it's a little more exciting but yeah, yeah. but still just that that Seeing a pup's first interaction and getting them all fired up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point, I was like, yeah, I think there's something something good should come out of it. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started taking them out. Laika is a tree dog. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, it's a tree dog. A tree dog is a dog, in my opinion, that would find game, put it up a tree, and will stay at the tree and bark and bark and bark till the hunter comes up and shoots it up. Mm-hmm. So they use, in Russia, they use it on birds, like grouse and such, squirrel, sable. I'm sure there's some missing something. But, and then they also use it on big game, such as moose and, and brown bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those are obviously, they can't climb trees, so they just bay them on the ground. Yep. So going out with young pups, five, six months at that point, I let them treat anything and everything except for squirrels. Okay. That was my first thing from the very, very beginning. I said, no squirrels, despite, and, and trust me, we have tons of squirrels back there. <laughs> it was my biggest dilemma at that time. Cause I, and the reason I was letting them tree everything, possums, raccoons, everything, was just because I wanted to awaken that instinct in them, mm-hmm. you know, treeing instinct. And, and, and they were doing good, especially on possum. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, well, I say obviously, but that's that's how I think about it. I, if you want to, if you want to encourage your do- dog to continue doing it, you want to shoot it out and let them chew on it. Mm-hmm. And so I was killing 
quite a bit of possums and I would always feel bad. Like I just killed something and the dogs, you know, messed with it and, and then moved on to and find another one. I'm not going to leave them behind. So I was bringing home and putting them in a crock pot. I ate, <laughs> and in the first year I probably ate 40 plus possums. Man, they're delicious. <laughs> Let really? me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially to, as the winter kind of the fall progressed into winter, they got a lot of fat on them mm-hmm. and that fat also renders down and it, not as good as bear fat, but pretty good. I think you're the first person I've ever talked to that has honestly eaten a possum. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I ate skunk because they killed skunk. Man, that skunk was pretty. I think, I don't think I had gloves, but I had a bunch of different trash bags. Mm-hmm. So I put bags over my hands as, as gloves. Yeah. I, I picked them up. I put them in the bag, another bag. I double bagged them, maybe triple bagged them, put them in the backpack. That was after the dogs were done with it, right? Yeah. He never treated it. He got them on the ground. And we'll, we'll get back to that whole thing uh, in a second, catching the <laughs> game on the ground. That happens quite often to you. But uh, I triple bagged him, put him in a backpack, and got home. Obviously, he sprayed the dogs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I skinned him in one that little shed I have back there. Hooked him. It was good. I'm really. sure your wife loved you. Well, so here's the thing. My backpack was sitting right here where I charged my garments and everything. Mm-hmm. And... We have the washer and dryer over there in the corner, so that's yep. the only, that's the only reason my wife comes down to the basement. Just, <laughs> to, 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 just otherwise, it's just you can see that I have my equipment there, I have my hunting stuff there. So for a week or so, she, you know, acting concerned, going in and out of the basement. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's what's wrong? He's like, something doesn't smell right. I'm like, what are you talking? This nothing smells. She goes, look, look, come down here. Can you smell it? I'm like, no, I can't smell nothing. Because <laughs> you couldn't smell it. Yeah, because I got used to that smell. By the time I was finished skinning it and whatnot, yeah. I was like, the skunk doesn't smell anything like. Nothing, you know, just when it's in your face for yep. such a long time, you, I guess you get used to it. Anyhow, so going back to um, first year, how we started hunting, I would let them treat anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And possums, uh, you know, they're slow, and these dogs are quiet on track. Okay. That's another thing. I guess... different than hounds? Yeah, yeah. So to make it easier for your listeners to understand the, the breed, the, the kind of dog it is, We'll just, uh, every now and again, we'll compare them to, to hounds. Because mm-hmm. I thought, when you were on the way, I'm thinking, what, what would be the best way to describe a Leica uh, to someone that, who never hunted with a, with a Leica dog, but hunt, has some experience or heard about hunt, hound hunting, mm-hmm. traditional hound hunting in this country. So we'll just compare and contrast, sort of. So, unlike a hound, Leica is dead silent on track. Mm-hmm. So its thing is to surprise. And... They surprised a lot of possums, <laughs> let's yeah. put it this way, <laughs> to where they had no chance, chance to escape. And it still works the same way with, with bears, and that's why I think that uh, they, they're so good at treeing, and the races are so short, mm-hmm. two, three hundred yards, because they just jump out of nowhere, and they try to engage, and then they start barking, and the bear is just mm-hmm. surprised. And one other thing you said, they're definitely not as cold-nosed as most hounds. Yeah. Um, now, that is something that can be developed further, mm-hmm. meaning the more I hunt with these dogs, the, the better they become at cold trailing. I do see that one of the, so I have two dogs, one, and they're slightly, just like with any pack, you see that certain dogs have, they do this better, yep. other dogs, they have this thing mm-hmm. going for them. So one of them is a little better at cold trailing, and the other one is more of a, she's, the, the other one is the alpha, she's the mm-hmm. bigger one, Butcha, she's the bigger one. And she's the fighter, meaning not in the sense that she goes and fights with a bear. She's just so overwhelmingly. She has a lot of grit. Yeah, a lot of grit. It's the kind of grit that, or behavior that is, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just 
keeping that, putting that pressure and keeping the pressure and escalating the pressure. Okay. Till the bear gives up and trees. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she wouldn't just stand there and bark, 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 bark. No. She just goes and goes and goes more and barks and approaches, does this, charges, then backs off, then charges again, you know. Okay. Trying to intimidate a bear. Mm-hmm. And it obviously works. I, in fact, one day, I think it was one of those um, kind of, I don't know what they call it in West Virginia, but they have early season, they have regular season, but they mm-hmm. also have some seasons like in between. Yes. So I went out, perhaps it was in November even, maybe like end of October or something, somewhere. I think it was the end of October this yeah, year. Yeah, I think it must have been like end of October, yeah. So I went out on uh, Kuma, the other dog, she was limping. She mm-hmm. either ran in a, in, into a stick or something, I don't know. It was, I didn't see any... Uh, like scars or any any wounds, yeah. But she's still limping. Yeah. Anyway, so I took one dog, still treat the bear. Nice. But that's because how she does it. It's just like it's not just you have to see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you said, they're because they're fairly hot nosed, and so you're not running on a big long track. You're you're basically coming up on a, a pretty fresh bear track. Mm-hmm. You're jumping them quick, mm-hmm. and then you're just putting a ton of pressure on. And escalating right that pressure. Yes, that's the thing. When she's when, like, for example, with Bushi, when she sees that that bear is not moving, she just gets all more and more exciting, and she escalates that pressure till the bear just says, I'm done, I'm going to climb. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of cool, unique thing about those dogs. One of the things that made yeah. me uh, want to talk to you is you've been having a pretty good season. You know, this is their first real good season. I mean, you, you hunted yeah. last year, but you said last year was... Well, so, yeah, so um, I was just about to tell you how we treat our first bear, so mm-hmm. let me let me guess, I guess this, I'll, I'll go over that real quick. I knew we had some bears in, in here in the, in the on this mountain where I live, mm-hmm. uh, but in this county you cannot run bears with dogs. Yep. A lot of private properties, smaller parcels, they don't mm-hmm. want dogs to run in. Other than this mountain here, I thought I'd have to go four, five, six hours somewhere in Highland County and past Highland County down South yeah. Virginia or West Virginia. I just thought it was so far away. So I was trying to concentrate on um, a small game like Raccoon and Possum mm-hmm. at that point. Then slowly I started uh, doing away with Possum, like with tree it. I'd come up to a tree. I wouldn't get excited anymore. I would just say, let's go, let's go, moving on, let's go. Mm-hmm. And they would leave. And then, but they would tree a Raccoon. I would shoot it out. Um, I would praise them and all that. So we started switching to raccoons. Mm-hmm. And so then one day, one night rather, I ran into some, I, I found this new piece of uh, public land, wildlife management area that I've never been to before within about an hour from my house. I'm like, oh, let me check it out. So I went there a couple of times trying to find raccoons. Couldn't find any. I'm like, well, I guess there's no raccoons here. Yeah. And on the third night or so, I go out and there's two trucks with dog boxes behind, mm-hmm. you know, hound hunters. They got there, you know, before I got there. I'm like, oh, well, that explains, I'm thinking, well, that explains why there's no raccoons. Because, uh, yeah. you know, hound hunters go there and it's a small wildlife management area. And my dogs at that point, they're almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So they've got this whole thing almost figured out, meaning that out of three times we go out at night, one, one night we definitely tree something. Yeah. But two nights would go, nothing. Not a single bark. Okay. Nothing. Which I thought, again, given that I live in such an area where there's no, not much uh, pr- uh, public land, I thought it's just, I guess, something to be expected. Well, those two guys, I run into them on the side of a mountain. They're coming back. They're done hunting. We start talking. They're like, oh, what kind of dog is this? And we start talking. And, and they're like, so do you have any success here? I'm like, no, nah, not really. I'm just, I just come out here just to, you know, let the dogs run. I don't think there's any raccoons there. I told them. They're like, no, there's tons of raccoons here. What are you talking <laughs> about? I'm like, how so? I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's. So they, you know, let their hounds go, and then within, I don't know, tw- 200 yards or so, they're treeing somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at my dogs and I'm like, I'm taking you back to Russia. <laughs> <laughs> this is not right. Well, then it gets better. We go up. We, we, there are a couple, they actually keep, uh, treat a couple of coons in, in um, like wild grapes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So we'll look at them. They, then they were just kind of treeing and letting them go. They were not killing yeah. them. So not only they're treeing raccoon where I thought there was no raccoons because hound hunters were all killing them, but turns out they were n- not even killing them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just my dogs weren't quite doing what they were supposed to do. Yeah. So anyways, we let them go. Um, my dogs barked as well. So I'm like, I'm, at least I'm happy with, you know, dogs are also treeing right yeah. there, even though they didn't find the coon. We started walking back to the truck, and all of a sudden my dogs just go to the right. And about 100 yards, 150 yards, they start training. While the hounds are just mm-hmm. there. Everyone's like, what's going on? Well, let's go check it out. We go there, and there's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> nice. so, that night, so much happened that night. You know, mm-hmm. I went from lowest of lows, you know, thinking I'm going to yeah. take my dogs back to Russia. And then they're training the bear where I thought there was no, you know, nothing. And ever since then, they were a year and a half, and now they're two and a half. And that one year, um, that we treated, I'd say, somewhere around 30 maybe I don't know, 28 bears. Okay. A couple got away, but mm-hmm. that's it. So again, going back to comparing to hounds, if we find a bear, I always say, if I take someone, I always say, if there is a bear on this mountain, we will find it. And if we find it, we will treat it. Mm-hmm. It's again, out of 30 bears, maybe two or three got away. Yeah. And uh, two I know got away because it was during the training season. It was like 85 degrees and I shouldn't have been out at all because yeah. it's just too hot for the dogs. I still... Yeah was anxious you, to get out your dogs have a heavy coat yeah yeah they're siberian west siberian yeah. dog you know so <laughs> what do you expect august in southern state of virginia yep and then one bear wouldn't treat because i guess he could just physically couldn't climb because he was so fat i mean his belly was touching the ground Jeez. yeah i was able to it was also uh training season so the leaves are out grass on the ground so i mm-hmm. could i could get in within about 30 yards yeah i filmed it and then I just called the dogs off. That's another thing. Obedience. If you talk to old timers in Russia that hunt like us, yeah, uh, they'd be like, "Oh no, that dog is is it's a wild thing. You know, you don't you don't train her. You don't even attempt to because number one, you'll fail. They will never listen. And number and on top of that, you don't want them to 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 be obedient because you want them to be as wild as possible. Really, that's, that's what they think. That's not the case in, 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 with my dogs. I mean, yeah. I, I, for the most part, in most cases, I can just call them off and they will, if they're training a bear, I walk up, it's a small bear or it's training season, I call them off. I don't use, I, I keep the leashes with me just in case, but I don't, they, they almost never come out of my pack. Yeah. I don't know, you know, kind of, I just, they keep them in the backpack. They jump in the truck when I tell them to jump in the truck. Uh, I open tailgate, they come out of the box. I put them put the collars on i put the yellow uh, orange blaze orange vests on mm-hmm. um which i must wear uh, they, i must put blaze orange vests because <laughs> as you saw they look like coyotes a little bit yeah and that's the thing those dogs are what they call it a primitive breed yes uh which is i guess it's really not a known fact in 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 in, in this part of the world that there mm-hmm. are primitive dogs out there so yeah. uh, most dogs here are dogs that were bred to become what they have become yeah lab that i have that mm-hmm. was you know the people just like your typical breeding you take one dog of, with this character and this dog with this trait and you you know breed them and, and you hope that something will come out your primitive breeds have developed on the outskirts of civilization typically kind of on their own yes and like you said are a lot of times feral or semi semi-feral yeah. 
So like you said, primitive breeds, there's a handful of spitz breeds that are primitive, mm-hmm. like New Guinea singing dog, Basenjis. Mm-hmm. Basenji, I mean, now Basenjis have been bred in the United States for the last 30, 40 years, but originally, and are still considered primitive by a lot of people. Yeah, um, so that's exactly right. So that, that dog, like, uh, became what it, what it is kind of on its own, mm-hmm. in a way, over the course of who knows how many hundreds or maybe thousands of years. Yep. There'd be a tiny village out in the middle of nowhere and there'd be dogs there and only the dogs that actually did help uh, mm-hmm. you know hunters get game those were fed yeah and so it kind of almost yeah obviously there was a human next you know in, in, involved at all times but it, it was still it was as, as natural as it can be mm-hmm. as far as the breeding yeah I wouldn't even call it breeding it's just developing mm-hmm. of the breed of the dog so they look like coyotes, kinda. That's why blaze orange is a must. Yeah. Uh, at night, I turn on the Garmin uh, light mm-hmm. all the time, um, so that no one confuses them with the yep. fox or coyote. And uh, but going back to the obedience training, they're intelligent. They yeah. can be trained. I heard I heard stories people duck hunting with them, mm-hmm. and they will retrieve a duck. I, I mean, I, I've never done it. I don't think I'll ever do it. Well, I know I'll never do it because. I have a lab, so I don't, <laughs> I don't need that. They can be trained, and they and they're saying just like, for the most part, just like a lab. They're willing. They're they, they want to please master. Mm-hmm. Like they're wagging their tails, if you can detect that wag, because that tail is <laughs> it's different. Yep. How would you describe that tail? <laughs> oh, it definitely curls up over their back. Um, yeah. Very indicative of most, not most, but a lot of spits. Spits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, almost goes in a spiral. Like yep. Just yeah. And that tail. It's funny. It's interesting that the tail. I can, I can see if, let's say, if the dog is injured somehow or just exhausted, dehydrated, that tail is hanging low and it starts to look like a coyote for real. But if the dog is doing great, it's in good health and it's in good spirits. It it up tight it, over the back. It's, yeah, that's like an indicator of overall condition. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. So to kind of expand a little more on, on comparing it to hound. It's totally different like, uh, hunt, hunting style, totally different, meaning we cannot just drive down the road and, and rig a bear. Okay. Uh, just not going to work. I have to, um, so I have to play, not, not that a hound hunter doesn't play a role in, in the success of a hunt, but in my case with these dogs, if I just go out in some you know, random spot and let them out, Chances are they're not going to see anything. I need to know where bears are at this time of a day and at this time of a season, where mm-hmm. they might be, and where the chances of them being are higher. So I start hunting there. Or, um, yeah, so I need to put my dogs where they can find a bear. And that bear must be there now or so just left. Describe how you hunt. So um, I try to go out. For all all day hunt, it's just easier that way because bears they tend to move more. Uh, I guess they move a lot at night, but they also tend to move more during in the in the morning and in in the, in the afternoon. Yep. Um, so we try to cover as much as much ground as we can. We we early in the morning we start on some ridge tops and we follow some ridge tops uh, looking for bears that were just there feeding on acorns or nuts. Mm-hmm. As the day progresses, we start going down uh, towards creeks. Uh, we kind of try to get downwind of mountain laurel thickets, 
just to check where the berries might be bedded down for the day. As it gets towards the evening, middle to late afternoon, we go back up the ridges and we mm-hmm. start hiking the ridges because we can wind it, wind the bear from down below or from yep. somewhere else on some, you know, nearby in the area. And that's it. So we used to just hike and hike and hike. As we're hiking, the dogs are staying typically about 100 to 200 yards ahead of me. Okay. And especially when we're going down creek bottom or ridge top, they, they kind of know by now that we're usually go those routes and they, yeah. s- they just know where to be. If for some reason I decide to change direction or decide to come down to a creek to get some water for myself, or I think it's time for them to get a drink, they will come back and check on me mm-hmm. and see that I'm not there anymore. They will find my, my track, my trail, where, mm-hmm. I, where I went, and they will follow my scent down to where I am. So they're pretty good at coming back to me. So they're going to check in. Yeah, what? they check in every now and again. Uh, as, there, as we're going in that direction, for example, they would kind of go ahead of me, then they will smell something that, they, that might interest them, and they go and kind of make a loop to the left, and they might make a loop to the right just to check more area, cover more area. And that's, so we hike and hike and hike, and then any second it can happen that they will wind a bear, smell a bear, see a bear, or hear a bear. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool thing, because there's dogs as you're hunting, and you see the dogs all of a sudden stop, and I stop, because I don't want to make any noise, and they will just, and I would look down the side of the mountain, and they would just scan and scan and scan and listen and listen and, and try to find what's moving there, what they heard, if they heard something, saw something. And if they see a bear or smell a bear, they, all of a sudden they just take off. And as I said before, it's typically done within 150, 300 yards. So the way you just described hunting sounds a lot like the way people squirrel hunt, which would explain why a lot of people, well, a lot of the Lakers like as in the United States, are squirrel hunted. The only difference is to get a limit of squirrels, you can, you, you, sometimes you need to hike less than a mile. <laughs> yeah. To get a bear, sometimes you have to hike. Well, I, I tend to, to do 12, 15, sometimes 17 miles per day. Jeez. And it's not really. If you, once you start <laughs> doing it, uh, your body gets accustomed to it, and then all of a sudden it's not that difficult. When you're built to do it. You have, like, you're a giant. Well, it helps that I have long legs. I had to quit smoking. I love smoking cigars. And I smoke them during summertime every now and again. But come fall, I cannot. Like if I was to smoke a cigar today, I'm going hunting tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. My lungs will be just one cigar. My lungs will be like at half capacity. I'll be suffering. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it really is bad. So no smoking um, and trying just to stay in a good shape as much as, much as I can, which mm-hmm. during hunting season, it's not a problem at all. Yeah, <laughs> doing all that hiking, I'd yeah. say so. Uh, but when I was getting the dogs, I knew I was getting into something where I would, it would require a lot of hiking, a lot of going out, um, hiking those mountains. And mm-hmm. I was kind of also, because I was 36 when I got them. Mm-hmm. I'm 38 now, 39 maybe, somewhere <laughs> up there. I'm thinking, <laughs> I can still do it, but if I don't start doing it now, odds yeah. are five years from now, it would be too late for me to, you know, to get back into good shape and maintain that shape. But now that I have the dogs and I'm responsible, I want to keep those dogs active and hunting. Yeah. I have no choice. I have to go out. Mm-hmm. And that helps me in turn. It rewards me with uh, maybe I'll live longer because Hopefully. of this. Hopefully. <laughs> no smoking and exercising. Now, you said outside before we started recording that you were looking for bear stock because that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And like I said, 
most of the Leicas in the United States are squirrel, squirrel hunters. Yeah. When you were looking to get them, did you look in the United States before you looked to Russia? Yeah, there's a group of uh, Leica hunters. They're actually called United Leica Hunters, group okay. or organization, you can say, here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Most of them are Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're, I don't know how they found out about Leicas, how it all started, how they became aware of the breed. Most of them are squirrel and raccoon hunters, but they are really into Leicas. Yeah. And when I found out about the, the, those guys, I was like, yep, th- those are my people. You know? <laughs> but I couldn't find anyone bear hunting. Yeah. And as I said in the beginning, I was obsessed with bears. So I wanted to get, so I'm like, and I talked to a lot of people. I talked to a lot of people back in Russia, and they're saying, look, you can get a squirrel uh, hunting like a, or a puppy out of such a dog. And there's a, there's a very good chance that it will become a big game hunting like a. There's a good chance, but there's no guarantee. Yeah. It's much better, would be much better if you get a pup from a known big game line. Mm-hmm. And so I kept, kept looking, I kept looking. I found a couple of guys in Canada that hunt like and bear. Um, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I'm just going to go. It was time for me to go back to Russia to visit my parents anyways. My parents are still back there. Mm-hmm. So I went there and I came back with the pups from a reputable big game lion hunting bikers. Yeah. Got two pups. My plan was, if this works out, I was like, uh, I'll, I'll give them about two years or so. And then if it works out and they start training bears, which it did, but I didn't know at that point. So I'm going to go back and get a male from another breeder mm-hmm. that that breeder would recommend so I can start my own big game hunting like a line here in the United States. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this <laughs> no. whole thing is going to, the whole world is going to go to, uh, the, the whole pandemic thing started right after, like a couple months after I brought the dogs. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden it's not as easy to travel, but I'm like, I'm okay, I'll wait it out. It's not going to last long, you know, it's, <laughs> it's going to go away. And then the like is start training bears and things just take off. I mean, in this past year, they treat about almost 30 bears. And I'm like, okay, it's time for, to find a male dog so we can, yep. at least I can breed one of the dogs. Because this is going to be my first time having puppies, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, I don't, still don't know what I'm getting myself into, but I <laughs> wanted to find a male Leica that, bre- that, tre- that trees bears. Again, there were a couple guys in Canada that I heard of. I don't know in person. I never talked to them, but I just know that they exist out there somewhere. Yeah. Actually, no. Now, I, a couple of days ago, I talked to one of the guys on Facebook. Okay. Well, I'm thinking I'll go back to Russia. Well, as soon as I decided, you know, I decided to go back to Russia, because at some point, you know, vaccines came out and everyone's starting to get vaccinated, and all of a sudden, you can kind of travel back and forth again. I'm like, great, I'm going. And then, like, very next day, I wake up and it's, it's like on the news. They, they're talking about CDC in this country banning all dog import, import from a whole list of countries, and Russia is on that list. Just your luck. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> in fact, I talked to the breeder over there in Russia. He's like, "Yeah, I'll, that's no problem. We have, we'll, we'll get you, pup. That's no problem." Because they're also excited to see what their dogs, how they, their, their dogs are going to perform overseas. Yeah, on different game and all that. So they're willing to work with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I can't because apparently there's been some dogs imported, imported from, not necessarily from Russia, but perhaps from Ukraine or somewhere, with fake rabies certificates. Okay. And they actually had rabies, mm-hmm. which at that time when they were flying, there was no symptoms. But then they flew in and bit someone and then died with, you know, foam coming out of their mouth. Jeez. I'm like, wait a second. You just, yeah. and so CDC, obviously, that's their job to, you know, protect mm-hmm. our health. 
So they're like, we can't deal with this. We're in the midst of pandemic. Like, what rabies are you talking about? We spend so much. And, 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 and you know, if you've never been to one of those third, third world countries, rabies is a real thing over there. Okay. And it's terrible. I, I, well, we all know that rabies is a terrible thing. But we just, just don't have the widespread of it. Yeah, and so we don't hear about those cases. You know, we don't hear about the consequences as much. But mm-hmm. there, I mean, there's no cure. Yeah, and 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 it's not the prettiest way to go, from what from what I understand. Anyways, there's a lot of feral dogs mm-hmm. in those countries, including Russia. Unfortunately, there's a lot of rabies cases over there. Yeah. So CDC at this point, they're like, we have pandemic going on. We don't have extra money we don't have time to deal with this which is going to ban dogs from all those countries mm-hmm. so here i am with two <laughs> females that are performing beyond my expectations they're yep. not the best dogs i'm sure but i didn't even i thought we'll be treating possums the rest of their our lives <laughs> <laughs> well so yeah now i can i couldn't find a male up until someone told me hey why don't you talk to vlad and uh, mm-hmm. vlad vladimir Actually, his full name is. He was the one who brought the very first purebred West Siberian Laika to this country. I think it was in the 90s. -hmm. Because KBDs were known here, and they're they're kind of, you know, but West Siberian Laika. Karelians. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of like, they also have that tail curled up, Mm -hmm. but they're black and and white in color, typically. Where my dogs are more, what would you call it, yellow? Yellowish, tannish. Yeah, tan, yellow. They're, sometimes they're gray. Sometimes they're also kind of gray and white, mm-hmm. but different, different colors. I want a light yellow so that they don't, they're not confused with coyotes and, it, mm-hmm. and someone don't, doesn't shoot them. Anyways, so someone says, hey, talk to this guy. And I'm like, I kind of heard about the guy, but I thought he was, uh, you know, some kind of, a, you know, legend st- status <laughs> and I probably wouldn't even talk to me. Well, it turns out he lives about three hours from here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. I, t- I friend request him on Facebook. I start talking. Awesome guy. I mean, he's 87. Yeah. So he's a really nice gentleman. He's all about likers. He's really, really into it. He's still active. <clears throat> he doesn't move around. He doesn't hunt anymore. But um, uh, he, he lives on like 100 acres. And his, uh, his male, just like my lab, He's mm-hmm. outside. He's not contained. Just runs inside. loose in the farm. Yeah. He goes inside the house, comes out, just does whatever. Sometimes he stays the night outside. Sometimes he goes inside the house. Sometimes he wakes him up in the middle of a night barking. Uh, Vlad has to get on his side-by-side, drive down to the end of the farm, and shine the light. And sure enough, that like a tree, the bear, all on its own. Nice. And I'm like, well, I'm listening to those stories. Because I, I went to talk to him and sat down in his kitchen. And he's telling me all this. He's showing me the dog, and he's like, he's like, tell me, like, you know, you can. There's no need. There's no reason for him to make stuff up. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm listening to this, and I'm like, this is exactly what I needed. Yeah. So, anyways, where I'm going with this is one of my pup dogs is should be pregnant. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have pups in January. But again, I have no idea what I'm getting into. I don't know. But just like two years ago when I was getting this pups, I had no idea what I was getting into. We'll figure it out. Yep. Yeah, hopefully. Who knows? We might have a. I might be able to establish a new line. They've treated Bobcat mm-hmm. several times now. Nice. One day I might go out west and try mountain lion hunting with this dog. That would be awesome. That'd be something. Now you said um, we were outside. You're gonna this fall or this winter. You're gonna be with 
you're going to obviously have hopefully have you had raising pups out of the one female. Yeah. And the other female, you're going to try and so do some more bobcat. This I don't know if you have much experience with hound hunting bobcats around here, <laughs> because I've, I well we have lynx up north, um, and I've been to Alaska and I've seen them, phenomenal animal. You know, but the bobcats obviously are slightly different, smaller. And from what I've been told by some hunters here, and from what what I saw, you know, with my own eyes, uh, this this bobcats we have here in Appalachia, they're not, they're very jumpy. Like yep. if you have one dog working it, they'll stay in a tree. Mm-hmm. As soon as the second dog joins in, or if I approach, they bail. Yeah. So I, only once I actually got to see the cat for a split second. Mm-hmm. I saw where the dogs treed. A dog treed for a while, then the set what came up, the second dog joined, cat bailed, I could see the footprints in the snow, mm-hmm. so I know it was a cat. And then it would jump a creek somewhere, like two miles down mountain, not two miles, but ways out. Yeah. And then jump a creek, and my dogs would lose it, because again, they're not as high, uh, cold-nosed, and those cats, they can jump quite a distance, so they just, mm-hmm. and, they, and, they, and they were not as experienced, but now... This winter, if the, 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 the one of the dogs is uh, taking care of the pups, I'll be going out with just the, with the second dog, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're, we're going to target bobcats. We'll see. exciting. Yeah, it should be. It's like I said, you've had a great bear season. Um, I've been kind of following along with you on Facebook, which is how I just – you're posting in random different bear hunting groups, um, Virginia and West Virginia groups where you've been hunting, and I kept seeing these pictures of your dog's tree and, with bear, and I'm like, man, he's – Doing pretty good with these dogs. And yeah. So I'm like, he's not very far. <laughs> I'm going to have to go down there and talk to him. Yeah, that's awesome. When you when you reached out to me, I'm like, oh, I, I know this guy. Because <laughs> I, I listen to your podcast um, all the time. We'll go. Um, so the closest spot that I found, National Forest, only on that, turns out, turns out, remember how at some point I said I thought that in order for me to find a bear on National mm-hmm. Forest, I have to go for hours. Well, no. Um, not yesterday, but the day before yesterday. We treat a bear an hour and 15 minutes from my house. Awesome. Really not that far. Yeah, no. Sometimes I go to get raccoon mm-hmm. you know, further. Yeah. <laughs> I drive further to, for, to get a raccoon. And anyways, so, but an hour plus, that's perfect time interval to listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so that was me on my way, my way down here. I was, this past week, I was like, I'm not listening to anything because I'm like, I know that whole way down, I got to three catch hour it. drive i'm yeah. gonna catch it oh yeah, yeah yeah so you download them and yep. yep so i do the same thing so yeah w podcasts I, I love those and then obviously i'm wearing this meat eater sweatshirt yeah i'm a big fan to you mm-hmm. so any more uh plans what are your hopes with this litter of puppies what's your plan okay so i have i started a list mm-hmm. on because uh just like you saw my posts <clears throat> i started posting because i kind of want want to Put it out there that there's a there's such a there's a Leica and this is what it does and this is how yeah. it's different and people immediately they, they a lot of people are were interested and they're mm-hmm. like oh when you have pups can you put them on the list mm-hmm. and it was like two three people I start started a list then when it got to twenty eight people <laughs> I was like wait a second and now I actually deleted all those people from the list except for one guy he's twenty four I think and he he lives in Augusta County, mm-hmm. uh, and which is right next to Highland County, where I hunt most. Yeah, has no bears, so don't ever go bear hunting to that area. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he's in in a in a position where he can have a Leica. He's young, he's willing to hike just like I do. 
-hmm. If he gets a bear, he, he'll be capable of pecking it out on his own or doing multiple. I, the biggest one I got was 230 mm -hmm. pounds. And the only reason I know, because I, when I brought all the entire bear back in multiple trips, backpacking them out, yeah, four trips, I put all the pieces together and weigh them. <laughs> so it was 230, I know. Yeah. But it was a pain. But it takes this kind of person to hunt uh, with Leica, with a Leica. Yep. Um, because you never know, you might dream just like yesterday with my neighbor's kid. We, the first bear we treated was less than 40 minutes into the hike. Mm -hmm. So it was really not far. It was less than two miles from, from the truck. It, it would have been easy. It was a small bear, so we let him go. And then we go f for 15 more miles or 14 more miles mm -hmm. and nothing. Jeez. Now, we could have treated a bear, which, speaking, well, we, we did end up getting the second bear that day, yesterday, which was 1.30, I think. Okay. The one that's in my fridge, you saw. Yep. Which, by the way, we're done here. My wife and I are going to run out and get a Christmas tree. And she's going to start decorating that. And the kid's <laughs> going to come over and we're going to skin that bear. So there you go. <laughs> that's, you asked me about my plans. Those are my plans for today. <laughs> so to establish a big game hunting like a line here in the United States, I found a male that's capable. I mean, he does tree bears on his own, which is exactly what I was looking for. Hopefully that she's pregnant. I'll have puppies. My thing is... I don't care. I don't necessarily care about the, how much those pups are going to be because yeah. I, I'm just going to. I'm not going to make money off of it. I just yep. want to cover whatever my expense. Flying to Russia and back all that <laughs> that kind of expense. But uh, I I need and I want to find people who will be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, going out with backpack, you know, with some lunch and water, and yep. going out for if need be for all day, 15 miles plus. And if they get a bear six miles in, which is like the worst case scenario because they're like halfway. Yeah. I try to go in loops. Yep. So if you're six miles in, that means, and you get a bear, and again, these dogs, if they find a bear, it's done within 300 yards. So it, you, you'll still, when the bear is dead, you're still six miles. Yeah. So that means you have to somehow get back to your truck. Sometimes I get lucky and I can find another access road closer to the spot that the bear was shot. Yeah. So I can go back to my truck, drive around the mountain, and then pack, instead of packing all the way, the six miles, I can pack like two, two miles, mile and a half to yeah, but I need to find people that are crazy, like like <laughs> like me. They're also obsessed with bears. They're obsessed with dogs. Mm -hmm. And only th if I find the right person, then only then I will consider giving giving them the pup because I will need them. Then next year I'll bring a different. I'll find. I'll, hopefully by then I can go back to Russia and finally bring a dog. I will bring another male. Next year I will breed that different male with my different female, mm -hmm. with the other female, and then the pups from this year and the pups from different female and different male from next year yeah two three years down the line can be your next generation. i will yeah i will do some bring you know th that's my plan okay pretty soon you're gonna be like just every other houndsman and have a whole pack of dogs out here no but see that's the thing you don't need a pack two dogs or one dog oh i understand done but your, your breeding aspirations are gonna yeah <laughs> make you have a whole pack of them because and i'll be honest with you um i do want to get a hound because there's I can rave all day long about Lycus and how cool they are. Yeah. But nothing on this planet compares to nose of a hound. Yeah. And their ability to cold trail is just something phenomenal. Mm -hmm. In fact, I did have a hound. He ended up going to Russia. Okay. <clears throat> but I kept him for three months or so. Mm -hmm. And he actually, despite being so young, was six months or so old at that time, 
he went out with us a couple of times and he was under bare trees and when he opened up the first time it was yeah. so it was so loud and that's another thing by the way hounds are a lot louder mm-hmm. than lycas even though a lyka the word lyka in russian it translates into english as a barking dog okay so lyka is a barking dog and they bark when they when they treat but mm-hmm. when i'm in the mountains and when i was hunting with that little hound he didn't really contribute because he was just a pup so he never really contributed to chase or mm-hmm. to uh, try and find a bear but when my dogs would find and tree a bear he would he would tree with them yeah and i could be i don't know less than a mile but in the mountains you, you don't always hear you can't like if they're just over in the ridge you won't hear them but I could still hear the hound. Yeah. That that when I, I was like, oh, what's good? is the hound trained by himself? And I look at the Garmin, looks like they're all barking, but I couldn't hear the Lycus. Yeah. <laughs> but they're little, still loud. One little hound drowning out your Lycus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Six months old hound, and that's another thing that that goes for hounds. But again, I'm not trying to compare as in they're which one's different. better. But they're just <clears throat> oh yeah, they're just different style dogs. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, I liked hunting with that hound. He, at some point when he was seven or so, but right before he got, uh, he got shipped, um, he, was, he, he was trying to start his track on his own. Okay. Not sure what he was uh, starting, but uh, yeah. it, never, it, it happened a couple of times. And, and um, at that point, my dogs were already working something, so I didn't want to kind of him start starting going elsewhere and then tree a bear five miles away where yeah. i have this bear tree here 300 yards away which kind of brings up another point although i went over it already just to yes i have to hike six miles sometimes 10 miles but mm-hmm. at least i know that when they find something it's always it's going to be almost guaranteed it's going to be there yeah where with hounds from what i understand uh, although i've never been on a successful bear hunt yet mm-hmm. with hounds uh where we actually were able to tree a bear meaning that i only went out a couple times yeah. with hounds so um but from what, from what i heard and from what i understand it sometimes you have they, they would just keep on going for a long long time oh yeah i mean you've got a cold trail dogs can get outrun yeah so yeah take back tracks <laughs> yeah, yeah so well i mean all kinds of screwy things right so but the same thing with this dogs can have but it's just it's the way it is and, and mm-hmm. it could be today they can perform perform well tomorrow something's just off yeah you never know well, but different style like I said, it's very interesting, different style dog, um, not something you see every day. So I uh, thank you for taking the time to. No problem. And um, I try to take. Oh, so yeah, even my, my, I don't know what it is. I've been trying to kind of analyze it, why I do it. And maybe I shouldn't worry about so much about why I do it. I just keep doing it. But I like taking new hunters out. Yeah. Even before I started uh, bear hunting, I was deer hunting a lot. And I would take people first time i have a i bow hunt but i have a couple of crossbows and i would just give them crossbow would practice for five minutes and like you're ready let's go yep. you know <laughs> don't, don't waste no time we're good um so when they would go out and they get their deer they're super excited and it's like me going through you know the same emotions like my first deer yep. type thing and so it's the same thing with bear hunt now i try i, I invite people mm-hmm. but before they commit i tell them look think about <laughs> yeah. it you're going to be sore uh, next day and following day and three days later, you're still going to be sore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if we do tree something, that's going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep doing it, but I could say that it's like, it's the right thing to do. And it is the right thing, but I'm 
thinking sometimes maybe it's just because I'm selfish because I like to experience that first time yeah thing. Now uh, yesterday, uh, you know, we had a, a guy kill his first bear yesterday, and he's been trying for a couple of years mm-hmm. with this group that I was with yesterday. And I know exactly what you mean. Just yeah. seeing that excitement on someone's face, and yeah, when they finally get to see a bear in a tree for the first time ever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I get twice as excited when something like that happens when someone's there with me. Yeah, they never experienced it before. Definitely. But then again, if you think about it, it's kind of selfish because I enjoy it and that's why I do it for my own enjoyment. Yep. And the fact that the, the other guy is getting to experience it, well, great. I'm, you know, yeah. but I'm still, I'm happy. <laughs> it, but it's just, it's yeah, awesome. It's, it's whatever, how you, how, you, how you want to look at it. But bottom line is, if you want to come out with me, please do. But keep in mind, I always say, <laughs> make sure you, you have boots that are worn in and you're not going to end up with blisters like two miles in. The yeah, hunt. definitely. Backpack, lunch, order. Definitely. Well, is there anything else? No, I appreciate you taking the time, man, for me to stop by today. And no problem. If you want to come you. out with me, you're more than welcome. It sounds yeah. intense. I don't know. <laughs> I did walk six miles Thursday. Well, how, how, did, <laughs> how did you do? Well, I mean, but like, you, you, you didn't die? No. <laughs> so, I'm here. Yeah, yeah you're here. <laughs> now, the yeah. last two days were a little easier. Rode around more in a truck, and yeah. I think what? Walked to the tree yesterday wasn't too bad. They crossed the road and we packed it up. That's that's not bad at all. Yeah. So if if I end up getting a hound, it would be exactly for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it, let's say ten years from now, when I'm not as capable of you know hiking. Yeah. Um, I might get a mule. That's one thing I'm considering. Yep. If I or I might get a hound or my I, I might get like a hound both. and and a mule <laughs> and and so that that way you know the hound starts cold trail and and mm-hmm. jumps the bear and then Lycus go in and finish it. Yeah, and so the race is not at that long. Definitely. Uh, so that's one way to approach it. I, I might think about that, mm-hmm. well, and then hopefully I don't get too many dogs, and my wife won't kick me out. You'd <laughs> <laughs> be so, living out there with them, yeah. like the rest of us. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, thanks so much. Yep. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media, and until next time, keep them talking in the timber.